listening to The Magnet Podcast. Welcome to The Magnet Podcast. I am Lewis Kornfeld. No, 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 Lewis. I'm afraid we're doing it again. Yes, that's right. It's the second in a series of summer bonus podcasts from The Magnet Podcast. Lewis is still taking a break this summer, and I'm Ed Herbstman stepping in and sitting down to do this. Hold on. I have to turn off this thingy that just made a sound. Sorry about that, everybody. Okay, now I think I'm ready. That's right. It's great bonus pieces of audio. Pieces of audio? They're funny bits. Funny bits that were recorded somehow having to do with Magnet, like maybe... People in the Magnet community have made this stuff, or stuff recorded live on Magnet stage. What is Magnet Theater, you ask? Magnet Theater is a community of people who inspire each other to do amazing work, and some of that amazing work is in this podcast right now. You're going to hear some stories, comedy bits, and, well, that's it, just stories and comedy bits. I hope you enjoy it because I really enjoyed putting this together. The first piece stars two improviser, writer, actors, and also two of the Morse, Morse? Two of the Morse Code champions of New Mexico. No, two of the most important women in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, Melanie Hoops and Tammy Sager as Lori and Cassandra. Enjoy. Hello? Hi, may I please speak to Lori Stanton? Yep, this is Lori. Lori, hi. It's Cassandra from Holistic Integration. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm fine, but I have to say I'm wondering how you are. Oh, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I know I haven't seen you in a long time, but I, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, you, you bought a Groupon for ten sessions, and you've only completed six, and um, it's the remaining four are going to expire very soon, and I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, I um, I got very, very busy. I got a, a whole a bunch more responsibilities at work, and um, I felt like uh, we we found kind of a natural end to our work. And I have no problem with you know, you know, not using the full kind of program. I'm totally fine with. It. I don't feel like I need any other compensation. I'm totally well, that's fine. Like not I, really. It's not really your decision whether or not we're done. I mean, this is a whole process, the astral cleansing. Of the, I, I, I have to say, we are not <laughs> anywhere near to, to complete. Um, the fact of the matter is, is I'm, I'm, I'm calling from a little bit of concern, because right now, being partway through the process of uh, cleansing your astral portals, there are some that are open. I mean probably why you got these new responsibilities at work and are unable to handle them. Well, I, I mean, I actually feel like I am handling them very well, but I am... Um, well, that's part of the delusion. Huh. Um, well, I, I guess maybe I should should express my own kind of confusion and what, what exactly I was getting myself into. I thought for some reason that it, this was more of a psychic reading. Uh, the, the way it was phrased in the original uh, ad, it said reading and well, cleansing. Groupon has these categories that they make things fall into, and psychic cleansing was not one of them. So that that, that was their term for it. But you know, anyone in a 
storefront window can do that. And yeah, absolutely, that's part of the cleansing. But once you read it, it's what you do with that. And that's what we've been doing. I, I, I did really want a reading. I mean, I thought that would be an interesting kind of I did tool. that. I did a reading. I read you. Right, but you didn't say session. anything. Right, but you never said anything to well, me it, about do, like Do you what... say things out loud when you read? Um, well, just the whole idea of getting a psychic reading is that you you have a psychic tell you what she sees or what he sees for you Look, in your life and your what future. What you're talking is a very elementary way of it's like a second grader reads out loud. I don't read your psychic energy out loud. It's for me to read and comprehend, and that's how I can clean your astral portals. I mean, this well, is about cleansing your astral shield. Right, I, and I, I'm actually not very clear on even what that is. I mean, Of I, course not. You've only been in six times. Well, six to me, is a, that's six hours of, of lying on a, a bed in your guest room while you circle me with holding a candle. I don't know what you're doing. I don't that, know. Uh, that's more than my guest bedroom. Um, sure, when I have guests come, they, that's where they stay, but it is also my work office. I deduct that from my taxes, and that candle, as you put it, it's not just a candle that you can buy at any store. I bought that candle online. Uh, okay, I, 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 it looked to me like an absolutely regular candle that you would get of an Ikea. Of course it would look to you like that. I'm sure if I went into your workplace, wherever that is, uh, and I were to look at sheets of paper that you fill out, I'm assuming, I would characterize them as what do you think I do I mean if you read me you probably understand that I do more than fill out sheets of paper I don't understand what you read just the idea that you're telling me that I've got to go back to your guest room and lie down on the bed and have you circle me for four more hours to me is crazy I that's the last thing that I need right now it's the first thing that you need and the fact that you're feeling such resistance to it I think should be the sign to you of that's exactly what you need. That which you resist persists. And this expires December 1st. And if you feel like that now, I mean, I just don't want to be in a position where I have to read the New York Post and see that something horrible has happened to you and know that I played some sort of responsibility in that because we only cleaned your astral portals halfway. What happens if you leave them open or I'm a halfway dirty astral portal Person. What happens? Do you have a uh, dry mouth? Right now I do, but that's because I'm angry. I mean, I'm, I'm frustrated. You can just say yes or no. I didn't ask the reason because, quite frankly, you're going to assign a reason to it that makes sense in your astral plane. And I'm looking at it from a more comprehensive place. That's why it's called holistic, you know, integration. You've called it so many different things. I'm completely... Because the names that I use... It's like teaching math to a second grader. You have to put it in terms that they can understand. So I'm a second grader. Is that what, like, I, you know what? Well, I you think want we... me to read out loud. Like, I am dealing at a different level. I'm dealing in ancient languages Do and you, images. Can I just ask, am I the first person you've done this to? No. Why? That's crazy. I Can I talk to someone you've done this to? I feel like I, I, I am very... Uh, 
resistant is the word. Yeah. I'm very resistant, but I feel like it's I, a I, rational I that. resistance. Remember, I, said that. I know I said you said resistant. that. I, I don't, it doesn't take a psychic wonder to understand that I'm feeling resistant when my voice is like this, and I never, ever raise my voice. I'm a librarian. So you do fill out pieces of paper? No, I don't. I work on a computer. You never print anything up? Barely. But there's pieces of paper all around you in the library. No, they're really not. Not anymore. There used to be, but not anymore. If you forget it, just I have to say no. And frankly, I felt like the six hours were a waste of time. And I'm allergic to cats. So that was kind of a nightmare for me, too. I think when you offer something on Groupon, you should say you're going to be coming into an apartment with cats. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear me, okay? If you are capable of hearing me with your dirty astral portal ears. No one really has allergies. They're not real. It's your body attacking itself because of fear. You're afraid of cats. And if you came for four more hours, you would never have that allergic reaction again because I would clean that portal. This is an astral cleansing. I mean, read your Groupon contract. When you checked that box that you agreed to the terms and conditions, you were agreeing to a full astral cleansing. You think I want to go to all those Pilates sessions? I don't, but I bought a Groupon. I don't need $15 worth of frozen yogurt, but I bought that Groupon. You shouldn't go on Groupon if you have no follow-through. Groupon is a sacred contract. We are in this together, Lori. I'm just saying, if you don't come in by December 1st, 2013, when this expires, I just I don't want to be held responsible for what happens to your dirty astral portals. It's a Groupon. It is a Groupon. You don't even know the process I had to go through to get my thing up on Groupon. Like, that is a, that's a pain in the ass. I'm just going to put... I can't imagine that it's that rigorous of a a routine if you got through it, truly. I'm sorry, Cassandra. If you knew how I acted in my normal day-to-day world, you would know that this conversation is far from my character. Oh, you're, you're telling me that you don't normally have phone calls where people get upset and you have no idea why. I'm telling you that. Yes, I am. You're telling me... That on a month-to-month basis, you don't have some phone call that throws you off completely. You hold on to these conversations. You're, you're a librarian about them. You, you catalog them in your head. You archive them. There's some part of you that, that makes them into a collection. If, if you could, you, you, you would play them back for, for the world. I read that in you. That first time you came in. I will not be coming back. I have to just say no to you, Cassandra. I don't accept that. Goodbye, Cassandra. Are you still there? Yes, but just because I wanted to hear you say that. Because I knew you would. I knew you'd say it. That was Melanie Hoops and Tammy Sager. Next up, another excellent piece, and it happens to be written by Melanie. Uh, If you're sensing a theme, I should just put all my cards out on the table. I'm married to Melanie. I've decided she's the best person in the world, and I made her my wife. So if you sense any bias, 
toward her in this bonus podcast thing that I'm doing this summer, it's because uh, she makes great things and I happen to record them. So two important things to have if you're going to put recordings on a podcast. Great thing, A, and B, was it recorded? Okay, this next piece is something I'm lucky enough to be in, and I'm in it with Amy Warren, an amazing actress of stage and screen. You may have seen her on Boardwalk Empire or Law & Order or The Good Wife, or maybe you've caught her recently at the Public Theater in Hungary. Um, or in other shows like Adding Machine or in August Osage County. And she was a guest star on an episode of Lori Stanton Sound Diet. And I, without further ado, would like to share it with you, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy this. Dr. Beeson. Father Raleigh, so nice to see you in my office. Yes, it's nice to be here. You have some new faces at the front desk. Yes, we got rid of Martha, finally. She was the gatekeeper. (laughs) Had to pass the test to get through to you. Oh, was she ever rude to you? Of course, she was infamous. Spared no one. I don't know why I didn't do something about that. She was very good at paperwork. Kept those insurance companies in line. Now, where'd she go? Maine. She went to raise puppies with her sister, bloodhounds. Appropriate. Sorry, I didn't say that. (laughs) So you didn't let her go? No, she just gave notice, and two weeks later, she was gone. Sometimes God takes out your trash for you. (laughs) That's that's a good one, Father Raleigh. Yes, that's one we men of the cloth use only amongst ourselves, but I knew you'd appreciate it. (laughs) Of course, so... Uh, what's bothering you today? Burning. Uh, I went to a barbecue this past weekend at the Fieldstons, and I feel like there's some rib meat lodged right behind my sternum. Let me take a listen. Yeah. Has it happened before? No. Not that I remember. I first noticed it two nights ago. Mm, You having problems breathing at all? No. You ever experienced burning in the esophagus? No. Well, yeah, sometimes after I eat. Just a little indigest. Heartburn, right? Did you take anything for it? Advil. Hmm. Has it gotten better since the first time you felt it? Yes. Acid reflux. Yes, that's, ah, that's what yeah. I think. Acid reflux. Some gastric acid splashed up into your esophagus. Let me know if it starts happening regularly. It might be a sign of something we need to look at, but uh, usually it's just annoying. Next time it happens, take some Prilosec, proton pump inhibitor. Prevents secretion of acid. They are effective, but you know, try to uh, prevent it. Don't lie down right after a meal. Lay off the booze, coffee. Amen. It'll be better by tomorrow. Is, is that it? Anything else? No, not a thing. Fit as a fiddle. Or you want to tell me to lose some weight? No, not today. I'll spare you the speech. I'm uh, much obliged. I'll tell you, I've been trying. I go for a walk every morning. I've seen you on my way to work. Well, problem is I walk to the bakery to meet some people for coffee. I usually end up having a croissant. <laughs> meet people at the library, maybe. Good idea. Oh, Saturday was very moving for me. Thornton Richardson's funeral. Yes. It was a beautiful tribute. <sighs> he had a wonderful family. He'll be missed very much. They'll get through this. Mm. We are lucky to have such a strong community. Yeah. Was a bit of a shock, though, for everyone. 
It's been slowing down, but uh, his family thought it was his work. You know, he'd been designing that business park out on Low Marsh Road. It was a controversial project since it was old farmland. He really wanted to do something special with the building, make, uh, make it somewhat part of the scenery. We talked about it a great deal. You probably know all this. It's a small town. Can I say something off the record? Mary, I'm a priest, not a reporter. You're always off the record with me. <laughs> Thank you, Father Rowley. <laughs> so I'm sure you know I was Thornton's doctor. Yes, and I'm sure you did the best you could. It's very common to feel like you could have helped him more. Oh, and I believe he, no, that's, yes. Oh, but, I'm sorry. Sometimes I really need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling responsible, I'm sorry. No, I do feel responsible, but it's complicated. I knew he was dying for years. It was horrible. He refused all treatment and wouldn't tell his family he was ill. Why? Why no treatment? He wanted to see what... God's plans were for him. Oh, boy. I begged him to tell his family. Told him he was being selfish, but he said he could do what he wanted, and that if I told his wife, he'd call the medical board and get my license taken away. I wouldn't have told anyway, of course, but he was serious and wasn't pleasant about it. It was really horrible. All those visits with him, his daughter or wife waiting outside in the waiting room. He grew up Christian scientist. I knew that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, he'd take drugs for other things. He had reflux. He took pills for erectile dysfunction. He even had LASIK. I can tell you this, right? He's dead. It doesn't matter. You can tell me anything. Really? Is that, is that true? I could tell you that I killed a man and you won't go to the police? That's right. So you must have felt the same thing that I'm experiencing. You know about affairs and other things that are going on in town that would hurt a lot of people if they were exposed. Yes, I do. I think this is the first time I've kept a secret like this and it feels horrible. You get used to secrets when you've heard so many. When it gets unbearable and you can't possibly face another person at the post office who's cheating on their spouse, you just pick up and move to another parish. Really? Not really, I was making a joke. <laughs> but it is rather intense. You know, our professions have a lot in common. Both our jobs require us to be discreet. And to navigate very complicated issues. Yeah, life and death. I'm having a hard time facing Mrs. Richelson and her daughter, Lorraine. Lorraine's daughter, Lulu, is in my son's class in the first grade, so I see her every morning. She doesn't need to know. I know she's in a lot of pain right now, but knowing that her father could have perhaps lived another, what, five years? More, maybe. Well, it's not going to help her now. Yeah. Leave her to me. You did all you could. I can help her now. Ugh, it's hard. Yes. I appreciate how hard your job is. Yours is harder. Yours is. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a secret of mine that nobody in this town knows. Okay. Are, are you sure? Yeah. Let me give you a good one. Let's see. You know, you really don't have to. No. You just proved that you can keep your mouth closed, despite inclinations to do otherwise. Besides, you just told me one of yours. We could both have a little something on each other. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm all ears. All right. Huh. Okay, I've got one. It's pretty common knowledge that I vacation in Hawaii every three months. You know? My job 
it, like yours, is pretty stressful, but I don't have a wife and kids, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. So I found this place in Maui about 10 years ago. It's kind of, it's kind of like a commune. The meals at this place are served family style every night. Food is incredible. Marta's the cook, her husband's a fisherman. The dinner is, oh, you can imagine. Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Okay, so here's the secret now. In Maui, I am Dr. Ken Goldberg, a GP from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> I tried going on vacation as myself, and I learned the obvious. Being around a priest makes people nervous. They spend so much energy trying not to offend God or me, and it's exhausting being around that. People are so easy breezy around doctors. They feel safe, protected, and they open up like a flower. Am I right? I mean, I know I feel completely relaxed whenever I see you. Oh. <laughs> and the jokes people tell to doctors are completely different than the jokes they tell to priests. <laughs> Here is Father Raleigh. I get a lot of knock-knocks from the kids and some basic riddles from their parents. In Maui, I'll get some pretty X-rated, some funny X-rated stuff, especially if the tequila keeps flowing. I can't tell you how much I censor myself when I'm here in Elgin, and I should. People expect a certain level of behavior from me. It comes with the job, but in Maui, I'm a cut-up. I love pranks, lots of putting crabs in bathing suits and untying bikini tops and sneaking a shot of Kahlua in someone's coffee, that kind of thing. Nothing too outrageous, but enough to make everyone want to come back next time Dr. Ken Goldberg is in residence, which is pretty darn often these days. Wow. I'm telling you, this place is heaven on earth. It's called the Rusty Dog. Two dozen bungalows on the west side of the island. Really rustic. Everything's made out of bamboo and palm fronds and single story. Reminds me of Gilligan's Island. There's five common spaces. The mess hall, the cabaret, the sweat lodge, the shit fan, and the runaround. The shit fan. Okay, during hurricane season, the staff meets there to discuss the fate of the dog when the shit hits the fan. It's a big Hawaiian-style boardroom, big long tables and 20 or so bamboo chairs around a tiki decor galore. Shit fan's where we hold the drunken seances on Friday night. Now, the runaround, <laughs> the runaround's the place where we all run around when it rains. Runaround is clothing optional. You'll feel silly in there with the clothes on, but we'll still let you in. Most of the time there's a game of touch football going on, but if there's more women in there than men, it turns into this like deep stretching yoga class. <laughs> Imagine, 50 or so people stretching, naked. It's hysterical. It's, it's, it's just the dog, you know? There's some permanent residents at the dog. There's a musician from the band Bread. Do you remember them? No. Baby, I'ma want you. Baby, I'ma need you. Mm -mm. No? No. Before your time. Rob Royer's his name. Very funny fellow. Amazing talent. He leads a jam session in the cabaret after dinner every night. I play the spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Ca cabaret, the runaround, the shit fan. Oh, the sweat lodge. Sweat lodge is a, is a sweat lodge. Amazing experience. Close as I'll get to taking hallucinogens. Wow, that's a lot of secrets. Well, the main one <laughs> is that I'm Dr. Ken Goldberg to the good people of Maui. Well, I think I know how you can suffer everyone's darkest truths. Yeah, like I said, it's important to have something that brings you back to you. Mm. The you before you were responsible for people's lives. You have a son, right, Declan? Yes. He's six. Yes. Awesome age. 
I try to get back to six, you know. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, Loretta! I am, wow, I am speechless, Father Rowley. Well, I just told you a lot of crazy shit. Well, listen to me, I'm talking like Dr. Ken. Yes. <laughs> uh, is that okay? You are. Yes, sure. Good. Here's the thing, I have an ulterior motive in telling you all this. Sometimes when I'm at the dog, people come to me for advice, medical advice, to diagnose them for different things, all pretty minor. Sometimes I just know, your knee hurts, ice it, take some Advil. When, when I don't know, I excuse myself and go back to my room and WebMD it. But the internet goes out a lot at the bungalows. So I'd love to have you as a backup. Sure, there's no problem. Actually, I think, actually, I'm not sure it's completely ethical. Right, okay, whatever you'd feel comfortable with, of course. Uh, sure, call me. I'll let you know if it's serious, at least. Okay. So, this Prilosec, do I need a script? That's doctor talk. <laughs> no, over the counter. It's... Thanks, Mary. Maybe see you Sunday. No, I'm on call. Maybe next week. No man knows the day, the hour. What? Something us holy folks say to sound threatening and fill the seats. <laughs> you know, Father, I... I have a question. Yes, Mary. Why are you Jewish in Miami, uh, Ma Maui? Why, why Goldberg? It's a complete escape, Mary. <laughs> and I'm not only Jewish. Dr. Ken is a proud atheist. Huh. It works for me, Mary. That's why I can do this job. Complete escape even from Jesus. Dr. Ken Goldberg works for the Lord, although it would kill him to know it. <laughs> Good to see you, Mary. Say hello to your family for me. Bye, Father. You're listening to Lori Stanton's Sound Diet. No, you're not listening to Lori Stanton's Sound Diet. You're listening to the Magnet Theater Podcast. Summer content bonus blah blah version 2. Lewis is on sabbatical. Let's call it sabbatical because it makes him sound like he's uh, he's been fired and we're not admitting it. No, it makes him sound like he's a professor. And he kind of is if you listen to the podcast. He, should be, he would be a great professor. Anyone who knows him, he has those circle glasses and he looks at you as if you're... He just sees so much potential in you if you just try harder. You ever notice that when Lewis is looking at you? You just feel like... He, he wishes what you're saying is just a little smarter than it is. And it's not a judgy thing. It's just a, like a, an optimism. He has this optimism. He looks at you. He's like, you can be your best self with me. It's okay. I'm making space for that. That's, I think, why he's such a good interviewer. And I'm not at all. I cannot. I can't be interviewed. I can't give interviews. It just goes off the rails immediately. This is what it would sound like if I was interviewing myself. And we're here with Ed Herbstman. I'm delighted to have- Shut up! See? See what I mean? Lewis is much better at that. Next up is a story written and performed on stage at Magnet Theater by Melissa Kirsch. Melissa is a writer. She's an author. She's a writer and an author. So one, one you write stuff. An author, you've written a book, 
right? Is that the difference? Melissa Kirsch is author of The Girl's Guide to Absolutely Everything. I believe it's also known just simply as The Girl's Guide. She's also a writer of short stories and of the story you're about to hear her perform. Recorded live on stage at Magnet Theater, ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Kirsch. One, the bargain. The mattress came in the mail, vacuum packed and stuffed into a box the size of a mini fridge. It was about 100 pounds and took two people to lug it up the single flight to the apartment as if it were a piano. It was marvelous to unpack a dense little sausage of foam. We punctured its plastic casing and it let out a whine, puffed out its corners as if showing off, and reformed itself into an actual queen-sized mattress there on the hardwood floor. Its selection was, of course, the result of meticulous research. There are certain things you do not buy without careful consideration, and a mattress is one of them. My buying a mattress from Amazon.com was met with a combination <laughs> of horror and begrudging admiration by my friends. Some seemed pleased that I'd gotten a bargain, but most were adamant that a mattress should never be purchased sight unseen. How could I argue? Everyone knows that buying a mattress is a treacherous affair, not unlike purchasing a kidney on the black market, <laughs> complete with sleazy salespeople, shifty pricing schemes, and product of unknown provenance moved under veil of night to land in showrooms with names like Sleepies and its sketchier Brooklyn cousin, Dreamies. <laughs> a girl on her lunch break in Midtown had a very good chance of contracting a social disease while splayed on a medium plush latex foam combo trying to decide if she were more of a side-back or side-only sleeper. <laughs> Depending on whom you ask, a good mattress will last you anywhere from 10 years to the rest of your life. A terrifying prospect, this is the bed I will die in. <laughs> it's going to take you out a minimum of 1,000 clams. The most common argument for draining your 401k to buy a mattress is that if you aren't sleeping well, everything in your life will go to hell. Your health will fail. You will sleepwalk through your days, snap at your kids, stop having sex, and lose your will to live. <laughs> Given the stakes here, isn't $4,000 a relatively small sum? <laughs> How much is your life worth to you anyway? By the time I bought the Sleep Innovations Queen Size Mattress for $499 from Amazon.com, I was desperate, as I had, in what must have been a body-as-alarm-clock protest thrown out my back. Previously, I had not been a person who throws out her back, which is to say, I was not old. I'd recently written a hopeful, ambitious, well-reviewed book that was a rallying cry for women in their 20s and was this close to selling another book. I was still a young person with plans. Watch out. <laughs> this is how a back goes out. One moment you are sitting in the kitchen tapping a soft-boiled egg with a spoon, and the next you are flat on the floor calling every number in your phone for Percocet. I could say that I bought a suspiciously cheap mattress off the internet site unseen because I was delirious with pain, but in truth I had been doing my research for months and had reached the I bet I can get this online for a fraction of the price phase of the project. <laughs> for a girl knocked off her platform shoes and into a premature prescription for orthopedic clogs, Amazon mattress reviews offered a lifeline. I needed a new mattress, and I needed it fast. The top-rated mattress on Amazon had upwards of 350 five-star reviews, each of them as unique and captivating as a snowflake, but with a, <laughs> but with a 
comforting narrative consistency. Each reviewer suffered mightily on his former mattress before the Sleep Innovations 12-inch queen literally saved his life. <laughs> provided the best sleep on earth and frequently saved marriages. The reviews were long on corny innuendo about how the mattresses enhanced my non-sleeping activities and was <laughs> easy on the knees, if you get my meaning. <laughs> if 400 people on Amazon were so over the moon that they would take the time to lay their lives bare in praise of a mattress, what did I have to lose? Could I be one of the converted? Waking one morning cured of all back pain and no longer sentenced to life as a crippled little E.T. of a woman. <laughs> Consensus is a club, a very attractive club, and I was going to get some sleep. I one click ordered the mattress. Two, awakening. The Sleep Innovations 12-inch queen-size mattress <laughs> is a total piece of crap. for much longer than I should have because I wanted to be part of the club of lovers, that coterie of discerning sleepers. It is possible to fake love, say, a movie because everyone else does, but it is a taller order to fake love a mattress. It's not just your opinion that you are hedging with, but your entire muscular skeletal system. I wanted to have made not to have made just the right purchase. I wanted to join the brotherhood of frugal shoppers, and more than anything, I wanted to sleep. Sleeping on this mattress was what I can imagine sleeping on a marble slab is like, only much hotter, so think less morgue table and more pizza stone in a wood-burning oven. <laughs> Climbing into bed provided no relief from the rigors of the day. Instead, the bed slowly warmed until I'd shed not only the thin sheet I'd snuggled down with, but also my clothes, and I'd wake from my fitful dozing naked in a hot puddle of my own sweat. It is possible that my hesitance to pay top dollar for a mattress with a 50-year warranty had something to do with a deeper ambivalence about being a 36-year-old woman buying a bed alone. I don't mean to be depressing. I get a little pain just writing the words, buying a bed alone, a phrase that conjures up spinster with comforter and pillow shams and matching floral print. It bespeaks an interminable, lustless life in a very reliable Serta. Lots of sleep. <laughs> Not much else. Maybe buying a cheap mattress was an optimistic bet that I wouldn't be sleeping in it long. Three, betrayal. It occurred to me about three sleepless months into trying to love my mattress that I had been in some way deceived by Amazon and I became suspicious of the overwhelming number of rave reviews. Sure, there'd been some critical evaluations, but they formed only a thimble-sized chorus. Don't buy this mattress unless you don't like sleeping, screamed one of the rare naysayers. <laughs> you do when you want to believe that the masses are right, that consensus is powerful, that cream rises to the top, and that the Electoral College represents the will of the people. <laughs> I wondered if some racket was afoot, some back alley palm greasing, whereby these allegedly honest reviews were fabricated by the criminal outfit known as Sleep Innovations, who only appear to be an indie mattress David going up against the corporate mattress Goliath. Was Sleep Innovations posing as an honest aid when really it was a shadowy consortium paying off a raft of unemployed MFAs to write positive reviews? <laughs> or the other bargain. I knew about the sub rosa activities of shady marketers as I had, at the time of my mattress purchase, been working in digital advertising for two years. Our clients paid us to come up with a campaign that felt authentic 
and featured user reviews over ad copy because people didn't believe in brands anymore and they wanted to hear from real people that the product was great. How much cheaper than hiring a fancy ad agency it would be to pay a few hundred people to write nuanced rave reviews on Amazon. <laughs> My advertising job was actually a problem in a larger way. I had taken on a lark. The surprise offer of full-time employment came around the financial collapse of 2008. I was, if you asked me then, working on the follow-up to my fairly successful 2007 book, The Girl's Guide. I conceived the book when I was young and optimistic and brave and knew there was no book that addressed all the questions young women had about navigating their lives post-college. In 2002, when I started the book proposal, I had no idea how brave I was. I had no idea a decade would pass and I'd look back on the girl I was then in awe. She had the guts to take on a giant writing project. She had the conviction that she was a person who could advise a generation of women. She had no idea she'd finish the book and then spend years staring down a blank page trying to figure out what came next. Copywriting is not, despite what I tried to tell myself at first, writing. <laughs> Copywriting is a trade, a technical skill. There are dubious graduate degrees you can earn at the Miami Ad School in copywriting, but you do not become a copywriter because you are a writer. You become a copywriter because you want to make money working as a creative, that's a noun in ad speak for people who make ads. <laughs> if you want to make a salary applying a facsimile of creative writing, you become a copywriter where most of your day will be spent not trying to craft a sly iteration of a famous slogan like, just do it, but something more along the lines of, click here for a free sample. <laughs> Advertising dimmed my wonder about the possibilities of the written word. I spent long days feeling my ass spread into the threadbare cushion of a bargain basement office chair, follow the breadcrumbs from here to the back problems, trying to strip my writing of voice. Yes, that elusive quality you're exhorted to find in creative writing classes. I was told frequently that my writing had too much voice, which is a terrible thing in a copywriter. In advertising, people say, could you make the copy shorter and add some science and pump up the fun, but not too fun? They say, let's make this line work harder. And Melissa, this line needs a little word speaking. It reminded me of learning long division in third grade, a laborious process that yielded a long decimal pointed answer that was always one digit off and wrong. It made me hate writing. <laughs> by day, I squirmed in office chairs, and by night, I lay still but unsleeping in my mail order bed. Stock still, to be exact, as rolling over was an impossibility. The mattress lacked springs and therefore required its occupant to lift herself up on one arm and flip over. <laughs> Five, redemption. It was on one particularly dreary day at the office that I accidentally took the first step to getting my writing life back. A deadline loomed for a pitch to a high-end fashion brand that wanted to convince its consumers that tennis chic was not only in, but ironic, and was asking for a big idea to sell white cable knit vests to hipsters. <laughs> I pause here to point out that I wrote a book that gave 20-something sound advice on how to avoid these very marketers who'd be preying on their every paycheck. <laughs> I'd ventured over to the dark side and was trying to muster the conviction to persuade young people that what they needed were starched plaid miniskirts and $500 saddle shoes. It was a particularly low moment in the ad world when the blatant hucksterism of the pursuit was most evident. The gloss of creativity that made the job palatable had been abraded to reveal the coarse venality just beneath the surface. Pent up and looking for an outlet, I hied to Amazon and banged out a 1,500-word, highly detailed review of the mattress. I wanted to redress the balance. 
I wanted to contribute an honest and useful bit of consumer advocacy to compensate for my role in the terrible falsehood-fueled engine of capitalism. I wanted to tell the truth. I'm not a big Amazon reviewer, I began, but I spent so much time reading mattress re reviews before I bought the Sleep Innovations 12-inch mattress <laughs> that I felt I should contribute to the discussion as there seems to be a disproportionate number of wholly positive reviews on here. There, I'd established my reason for writing. I'd made clear I wasn't a shill from a competing manu mattress manufacturer endeavoring to smear a foe. I'm trying, hope against hope, to fall in love with this mattress, I explained, but it's hard. I went on to describe precisely how hard the bed was, detailing my back pain and efforts to find a suitable mattress at Sleepy's before turning to Amazon. I gave whatever pros I could think of. You are not going to roll around a lot. And, <laughs> and far more numerous cons. I am not menopausal, but I believe I have now experienced the discomforting experience of hot flashes. <laughs> Thanks to the blazing oven that is the Sleep Innovations mattress. How can we sleep while our beds are burning, indeed? <laughs> the mattress was the first thing in years that it's inspired me to write something that wasn't ad-related. I didn't have to make sure my voice didn't obscure the brand voice, as I'd been advised in my recent performance review. I didn't have to shorten the copy to fit the design. I dashed it off the review in a half hour and felt pretty good afterwards, as buoyed as if I'd just written a particularly meaty email to a friend confident that they'd get a chuckle out of what I'd penned, and unburdened of my feelings of betrayal regarding the reviews that had steered me so wrong. The responses to my Amazon review came in slowly at first, praising its candor, quote, grading comfort is truly subjective, but you raised issues as well as possible solutions, and with a dash of spicy humor, wrote Super Gnome from Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> of my style. I was considering this bed for a guest room until I read your laugh out loud funny review. <laughs> Thank you for your effort and the laughs, wrote Happy Mommy, who'd not been nearly as effusive about the Cuisinart 11 bottle stainless steel countertop wine cellar, which she pronounced a cheap piece of junk. <laughs> In a short time, I was getting responses on a daily basis. Some of, some of the com comments read like the kind of blurbs I'd once solicited slavishly from more experienced writers for the jacket of my book. Hysterically funny while being informative and honest. Coming <laughs> <laughs> down with the others thanking you for such a great and humorous review. Looking past the humor, there are some serious points you made. <laughs> I was not only funny, but I was useful. This is what I'd always wanted, and to have my readers, quote, laughing in tears by the end, unquote. The reviews soon took on the hallmarks of traditional fan mail. Dear Melissa, they began. I have to say you are an excellent writer. Were these laurels any, any less legitimate for a hastily dashed off mattress review than for a year's in the toiling opus? Was I not a, quote, darling, as T. Gallegos of Tucson declared? Did I not have a gift with words, as Mike from Connecticut said, just because my fans were basing their assessments of me on an Amazon product review? When my book came out, I vowed to respond to every piece of mail I received. I had vague dreams of being so inundated with fan mail that I'd have to set up an automated email response thanking fans for their uh -huh. response, but due to the huge volume of correspondence I was receiving, it might be some time before I got back to them. Needless to say, the volume of mail never got so massive I couldn't handle it. So when the responses started coming for the review, I presided over them like the host of a dinner party. I responded to each one, offering condolences for their own bodily aches and pains, sending rallying cries of courage to my fellow mattress seekers. I was humble, I was gracious, I sim 
sympathize with my fellow Amazonians' search for the perfect mattress. My review was soon voted useful by so many shoppers that it got marquee positioning on the mattress's Amazon page under the rubric, Most Helpful Critical Review. <laughs> it didn't take long for my writerly eagle, ego to muscle up its atrophied physique steroid shot by the praise. I discounted the few respondents who said, quote, I think you're over-exaggerating, Melissa. Frequently, my supporters would even speak up on the discussion board and silence those who tried to poke holes in my dramatic review. <laughs> Once I had editors who wrote OTT over the top next to my most dramatic flourishes, and I duly trimmed my prose to be less theatrical. Now I had legions of fans shushing the naysayers, defending my right to pursue purple flights of fancy. They were cheering me on, urging me over the top, insisting that what I was doing was worth something. The comments were nurturing in a way that the letters I've received for the book hadn't been. The book was the biggest effort I'd undertaken. My blood was still on the pages, so it seemed natural that there would be people who were moved by it or had comments on it. I'd had no expectations of any response when writing the mattress review. I certainly didn't expect the feedback that would bolster me as a writer and make me feel connected to an audience. Over time, the comments became more pointed, more personal. They weren't just commenting on my Amazon review, they were actually commenting on the choices I'd made in my life. They were the voice in my head made real. Quote, this is absolutely the best review that I have ever read. I stopped midway and started over to read it to my family. I might, I might even email it to my friends. Listen, Melissa, quit your day job and start writing comedy. <laughs> ha, do you write for a living? Began another apparently psychic commenter who went by the handle Lilith and listed her hometown as the darkest corner of hell. <laughs> seem to always arrive right at the end of a day of writing instructions for matching your foundation to the skin on your neck. These <laughs> were like notes from my true self, commanding me not to stray from the path, to remember who I truly was. Receiving praise for my writing reanimated the current of cre creativity still running through me. When people at work found out I, that I wrote a book, they would not unkindly respond, wait, so why are you working here? People work their lives in dull, stressful jobs so they can one day quit and go write a book, right? If I'd been a successful writer, why had I returned to the day-to-day -day grind all once and former English majors tried to escape? I wish I could say that the response to my mattress review so bolstered my sense of self as a writer that I quit my job to write full-time again. It's a romantic vision and seems only just. A swell of music as I stand before an adoring audience and read from my new bestseller. Um, but it's still 2016. A full-time job with benefits is not a trifle to cast aside. Books remain as endangered by the ascendancy of digital media as ever. Maybe I can't write my way into a fairy tale ending, but I am writing again, every morning for two hours before work. And about once a week, I get a new comment on my mattress review. <laughs> Just this week, someone wrote, I would like to meet Melissa and everyone else posting here. We can form a support group of mattress shoppers. <laughs> In reply, I suggested we unionize and try to get a good deal on health insurance for all our back problems. <laughs> Six, postscript. After a year of the Sleep Innovations 12-inch sure temp memory foam mattress, I threw in the towel, went to Sleepy's, and got a standard spring number made by Stearns and Foster. I haggled the price down a little and made them throw in free delivery and a couple pillows. I tried to be a tough customer, but I really had only one requirement. Will you remove my old mattress and dispose of it properly? <laughs> they took the mattress away, no questions asked. That was Melissa Kirsch, live at Magnet Theater. Thank you, Melissa. Her book, 
published by Workman. Workman Publishing is called The Girl's Guide. Please check it out. I'd also like to thank Amy Warren, Melanie Hoops, and Tammy Sager. And thanks to all of you for listening, and thanks to you, Lewis, for letting me do this. Magnet Theater Podcast is produced by Evan Barden and engineered by Grant Goldberg. Thank you to Magnet Theater and the wonderful community that you are. And stay tuned in the next couple of weeks for installment number three in the summer bonus content blah blah thing. We should get that URL, right? Summer bonus content blah blah thing dot com. Bye, friends. Bye. You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the Magnet Training Center, where we teach classes in improvisation, sketch writing, musical improv, storytelling, and more. If you're interested in checking us out, we offer free weekly intro to improv classes. You can find out more about those free intro classes and all other classes we offer at magnettheater.com. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a positive rating. We appreciate the support. Also, be sure to check out the Magnet Theater for top-notch comedy shows seven nights a week. All information regarding classes and shows can be found at magnettheater.com.